What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Premium Chapter 105 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, the National Treasure Movie Night episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokitansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. National Treasure is a 2004 Disney film directed by John Turtletaub, who actually got got his start in the early 90s with films like Three Ninjas and Cool Runnings, both classics. Oh, those are good. Yeah. Well, actually, Three Ninjas is okay, but Cool Runnings is actually cool. Cool Runnings is dope. Three Ninjas was fun as hell. I loved that as a little kid. Maybe if they had replaced Nicolas Cage with John Candy in the National Treasure (laughs) movies. I, uh, when I was doing my Home Alone episode the, uh, the other week and I was re-watching Home Alone, I cried when John Candy came on screen. Yeah. Because he's, he's missed. Is he gone? He's gone, right? He's, oh, he, oh, he died v- way too young. Tragic. So the film was produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and uh, it stars <laughs> Nicolas Cage, <laughs> Diane Kruger, John Voight, Harvey Keitel, and Justin Bartha. Yeah, Keitel, uh, it's like, Can honestly, you believe he, they, got him, <laughs> they got him in this? I mean, Well, poor guy. He made so much money, I bet. for. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and he's essentially just doing kind of like a watered down version of what he does in um bad lieutenant in bad lieutenant yeah exactly yeah, he, he there is that scene where nicholas cage is in a car and he gets stopped by harvey Keitel and harvey kind of pleasures himself <laughs> <laughs> i've omitted that scene obviously of course yeah yeah we can't include it. it's a disney disney episode as well as a disney movie so so national treasure is actually the first in a two movie series uh, and has an audience score of 76 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah. Uh, critics, however, were lukewarm on the movie when it premiered, with one critic from the BBC writing, quote, This movie couldn't be more stale if it had been dug up by archaeologists. Fair enough. <laughs> but it was clearly popular enough to have a sequel produced. Yes. And full disclosure, I love both films. Because Americans love soggy Cheerios, soggy day-old Cheerios. Uh, the original film had a budget of $100 million and ended up doing $347 million at the box office, which was pretty damn good for the early aughts. Yeah. It was filmed on location, uh, except for one scene that takes place in Independence Hall, which ended up being shot in a replica inside of Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, God. A little more research revealed that the movie was actually based on an original idea that stemmed from a guy named Charles Seegers, who was, get this, a 20-year law enforcement <laughs> veteran and former national security consultant. Oh, wow. Which makes sense as to why the movie is so pilled to the goddamn gills. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also served as a White House associate and team leader throughout Barack Obama's entire second term. Man, (laughs) it's like not only are we ruled by the blob, but we have to eat its excreta. Like, we have to follow the blob. (laughs) We're also entertained and enthralled by the blob. (laughs) We need the blob. We are the blob. National Treasure. First off, before we get into my in-depth analysis, what did you guys think of the film? It was uh, worse than Donald Trump the Chosen. I thought it was a fun romp, and that is, that is totally inaccurate. There we go. It's, it's because like... people like Travis think it's fun that it sucks so bad. It's because of him that we have this on the shelf. If people didn't choose this, maybe the market would do its work and eliminate bad cinematography, bad music, bad acting. Now, uh, full disclosure, we did all watch this movie together when we were in Tampa That's for right. the QAnon rally. It happened to be on television at the time. Yeah, and you're lucky I'm not loaded this time. Yeah, because as... I would def- I would destroy you. Yeah. Both and ruin this episode. Yo, no, right? <laughs> and then we tr- at least we attempted to watch it. We, 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 what Listen. what made the film experience kind of distracting was the fact that extremely drunk Julian yes. was screaming the entire time about how much he hated the fashion in the in the movie, the mm. cinematography, oh, the dressing, the, like yes, the right. clothes in yeah. this film. 
I feel like they just let Nicolas Cage do the whole, <laughs> just, hey, have at it, man. Dress everyone in mom jeans and fucking a blazer. Well, he probably divorced was like, dad. He probably was like, I'm very uncomfortable by the wardrobe that the that the yeah. uh, that the directors have picked out. Do you mind if I just grab a couple things out of the closet? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There really is like a kind of lack of imagination on almost every level of this movie. It's like cookie cutter hundred million dollar use. It's like they I they disagree. chose the no most expensive I, pre prefab house in the world. You know, it's like it's not quality. It's there's nothing there, but it's so there's so much money to like get get a scene that is that ugly shot in the first place. There is some fun lore here that's sort of I guess. half-baked into sure. sort of uh, America, you know, American lore, you know, yeah, we're about to get into their take. lore. Sure, they're, let's let, we're going to we're going to definitely discuss their takes on the the Templars and uh mm-hmm. the yeah, a, a, and of course the Masons. It's got everybody. Very strange. Long story short, uh, as as you'll see, the movie is incredibly pilled and um <laughs> and I think very oh, yeah. closely serves as an allegory uh, for your co- sort of uh, standard Anon uh, journey, although because it's a Hollywood movie, it tends to work out a little bit better for everybody. But uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. Right away, uh, we get into this immediate pilling of a young Nicolas Cage as a boy who's been caught by his grandfather poking around the attic for treasures. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, I am a little jealous of this family, as for when I went poking around my own grandparents' house, all I found were porcelain figures of rabbis and the fiddler from the musical Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> but, but Jake, at least your dad wasn't fucking John Voight. <laughs> so here, uh, here we get some backstory on the treasure tale, and, and it of course involves the Declaration of Independence and, you guessed it, the Masons. Charles Carroll was the last surviving signer of the Declaration of Independence. He was also a member of a secret society known as the Masons. And he knew he was dying. He woke up his stable boy in the middle of the night and ordered him to take him to the White House to see Andrew Jackson. Because it was urgent that he speak to the president. Did he talk to him? No. He never got the chance. The president wasn't there that night. But Charles Carroll had a secret. So he took into his confidence the one person he could. My grandfather's grandfather, Thomas Gates. What was the secret? A treasure. A treasure beyond all imagining. You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show, and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you. (laughs) 